can't remember how to shine, lost your confidence, your fight, we've got you. For faith, fitness, and friendship collide for women, by women, this is the She Rugged Podcast. I'm your host, mom, pup mom, athlete, and life performance coach, Michelle Yates. Hey there, I am calling this the Faith Cast. We are wrapping up our first quarter of the year and moving from our fear theme into faith. It is impossible to live in faith and fear at the same time, if you think about it, right? Our fears are insecurities, which in their darkest, deepest core, they can always be traced back to the fear and the suspicion of God. Do you believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do or that he will do what you need him to do? Will he provide for you? If you give a tenth of your finances to God and his people, do you believe that that will be returned back to you or do you hesitate? Are you ready to up your growth game? Because a faith mindset is a growth mindset. Those two go hand in hand. You have to grow in faith and then you get a growth in your mindset. So a lack of faith, our lack of faith stems from our impatience. We want what we want, when we want it, we want it now, darn it, and we have no patience at all. I mean, me too, totally. I have really, really worked on this in life, but I used to be the most impatient person, and I hated it. I hated that I was that way, but it was just that anxiety that built up inside of me, and I just became um, angry, and I had all these emotions going on. And in Psalms, it says literally, wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. So let me just paint you this picture. Here's a picture of my impatience at times, and I'm sure some of you can relate. Please don't judge me. I have a little bit of road rage at times, but so you're getting on the freeway, right? And you're on the on-ramp and you need to merge in with traffic going 70 miles an hour, yet the jerk in front of you is going 30 miles an hour. And all of a sudden you're getting really impatient and anxious because you don't know if you're going to be able to merge in with the traffic without getting your family hurt or injured or smashed um, into the next guy, whatever it may be. And you have all that anxiousness, that frustration, the anger, not to mention you're now late for whatever the heck you're going to. And you are starting to have emotions about that as well, right? So we all have these emotions and these feelings, they stir up in us, but we have no choice but to wait, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to smash into that guy, lay on the horn? Okay, I have sometimes done that. I will just be honest. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what are, what are you going to do? I mean, you're stuck, right? You have to try to practice that patience and then wait for the opportunity to merge and go around and to carry on. That is the same with God, right? It's on his timeline. So we must wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. It doesn't say that you won't ever have to wait, does it? So as we are waiting patiently to hear our prayers be answered or see others' prayers be answered, we wonder, you know, why all the suffering? How much time, God? I know that I should endure, but really? Like, can you give me a carrot here? How much more? How much more waiting? You will need to exercise that patience, that strength, and that courage. Literally, take heart means things will get better soon. You know, exercise the courage, exercise the strength during the waiting process. And on God's timings, 
his opportunities will present themselves. And you can't want the outcome so badly that you lose your perspective. It's about the road trip too, the suffering, the endurance. God wants you to experience some of that. And he, I kind of feel like it's his way to promote us to faithful followers and to see really where our faith is and if it's in line with his expectations. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance was my word of the year for last year. And those of you that know that I overcame some of the health stuff and um, just continue to chug along and uh, wait for those opportunities from the Lord, because we know that it is on God's timing, right? And he will answer prayers on his own timing. Maybe he's putting us to the test a bit. Patience helps purify faith. It fosters hope. It leads to perfection and pertains to charity. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Remember those? Patience is one of them. It's all over in the Bible. And it is something that we cannot do without God. Remember I talked about how maybe the fruit of the Holy Spirit is just so dang hard to achieve alone, right? That is me. I know that's me. Faith will always feel risky. It will always disrupt our plans. It's never going to be convenient. Like you have to work at it. You have to work at a growth mindset. Otherwise, you're just a fixed mindset. You're stuck. You're buried in the sand. And because it will only grow if you move. And you will only know that after you take the first step. That's the risky, crazy, scary part, right? Like we don't know what is going to happen. And we don't know if, you know, God is going to answer our our prayers. But the one thing that reassures us are these Bible stories. When those ordinary people that are just like us in the Bible that God has been using does finally put their faith in God, he doesn't give them anything that they can't handle. But faith without action is dead. Kind of like Gideon who was hiding there for a little while. What was he doing? He wasn't helping any. You can't hide. But if I'm being honest, I would say that, yeah, sure, we'd all like a little, you know, confirmation flag here and there. I know for the runners out there, I can relate to the fact that I want one of those little flags every so often just as a confidence marker to say, hey, yeah, you're going the right way. This is great. But when you get on those courses where they're like, oh, there's one like every quarter mile and you're seeing these turnoffs or there's these outshoots and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going the right way. Then you start to lack faith, right? So God, please give us those confidence markers every five feet, not every five miles, because we'd certainly appreciate some extra confidence. One of my favorites in the Bible nailed this. She absolutely nailed this. Yes, I said she. So lady power. And I know some of the women don't get recognized as much in the Bible, um, especially through some churches, but I have got to mention Deborah. If you guys haven't read about Deborah, you need to go read about her. God selected her as the only female judge. So she's in the book of Judges. You can go to that. And she not only embraced it, I mean, she like literally nailed it and nailed it with confidence. So the task that God gave her that he called her to seemed impossible. 
she not only had to rise up as a military leader, but pretty much send in troops with impossible odds. I mean, can you put yourself in her place? Literally, the amount of confidence she would have to have without showing any kind of hesitation for the men to probably respect her enough to listen to her. I mean, if we're being honest, right? Um, This day and age, it might not even be that big of a deal. We have a lot of phenomenal women leaders and they're respected by their male peers. But we all know that it did not go that way back then. It was definitely odd for a woman to be in this position. But the thing is, her bottom line was she wanted to serve God, but give him credit for it. She didn't take all the credit and the glory. It was God's glory. And that's why she was doing it. And she made that very, very known. And he knew that she would do that. So that is why he put her in that position, that awesome, hard, challenging, yet winning position. Because God doesn't give us things that we cannot handle without him. He will be there. He will not call you upon something unless he has given you the tools. So Deborah honestly stands out to me as one of the most powerful, non-hesitant, fully confident leaders of the Bible, male or female. She just got the job done and gave God the glory for it. So she's showing us what we can do. That God is going to call us to do these hard things, these impossible things. And we must rise up for our miraculous victories. It doesn't matter how big or how small you're thinking right now. If you find it overwhelming, you can focus more on those baby steps that I've talked about before. Instead of that big picture, just focus on this week or today and make it through today. Make little goals and nail those baby steps because then you can still celebrate some small victories. You can still get over the mountain. You can still move the mountain. You only need faith as small as a mustard seed to move mountains. Do you guys know how small a mustard seed is? Have you ever seen one? They usually have them at certain stores or biblical stores, but look it up. It's really small. That's all you need, and you can move mountains with God. So how can you have a growth mindset? How can your faith mindset be improved upon? I have four tips for you that shouldn't actually come as a surprise. You're probably sick of hearing about them, honestly. But they have a little bit of a different twist to it because if you didn't know, you typically, on average, and you know the research is all over the place with this, but for the most part, on average, 15 times, do you need to remember something, call upon something, write something down in order to learn and really understand it and understand and grasp the meaning of it. So here we go. The four tips to improve on your faith mindset. Number one, gratitude. I know that you're sick of hearing about this one, but I think that you need to take it um, a different approach. So like I was just saying about the baby steps instead of the big overwhelming goal, gratitude, gratitude for the small things, gratitude for the fresh, clean water that you have. And think about how significantly would that impact you? I mean, we see the commercials on TV or on our computers or social media or whatever about people who don't have the clean water and what it does for, for them or to them when they don't. How about your children? How about just the expressing gratitude to God for a warm house or maybe a cool house now that it's getting into spring and summer months. These are things that God has given you. If you thank him for those things, all the things, the little things, the big things, all these things, then your heart will start aligning with his. Number two is honesty. 
what are you idolizing over him right now? Why are you not fully committed or fully believing in him? Is it money, your children, your spouse? I would recommend that you keep a mood journal for this. Track your feelings, how different things make you feel, how it's awesome to have gifts from God and what you're really appreciative of, especially if you didn't have it, or even like the healthy food on the table or your dogs or anything else. But God entrusted all of those things, all of those things, even as small as you think they are, he entrusted those to us in our lives. Just following along with the idolizing, if you're prioritizing your kids' soccer games on the weekend or we're going to church or time with him, what do you think your kids are going to learn? They are going to learn to idolize soccer, not God. That God takes the back seat. And then no, it is not that soccer is bad because as you guys know, my kid plays soccer. She's awesome. Go Maya. She plays for the competitive summit team. But anyways, I'm saying if your focus is completely on sports and you're never making time for God or you're, you're constantly substituting something else for church or worship or Bible reading or even at home family time reading scripture or something like that, it is distasteful to God. We're idolizing it. We're not giving God even gratitude for it most of the time, are we? We're too busy and we're too hectic about our schedules. Now going off of that, number three is setting boundaries. And yeah, you've heard this one too. But following along with number two, you can see how all the aspects of our lives can suck up our time and energy. And there's no to little time for God or to hear from God which direction we should go from God because we're too dang busy. We complain about not getting any answers from him, from our prayers, and we can't listen to him or listen for him because we're too busy. Why are we too busy? Because we're not sending boundaries. How many of you take a day off a week to recover, rejuvenate, spend time with your family, spend time with God, try to listen, try to hear, be still and listen for him, wait for him, wait for him to answer. I mean, I am like totally guilty of this too. And it definitely consumed me for a while there, but I am making a valid effort to revise my and my family schedule in order to adhere to the one day off. Because we all hear about that in the Bible, right? Six days to work and one day off. How many of us are doing that right now? Setting those boundaries also means being mindful of who we're surrounding ourselves with. You've heard that one before too, the toxic people. But could it be that you didn't go for that promotion or train for that race or go for that big goal because people around you are stuck in a fixed or negative mindset? They're dragging you down while God is trying to rise you up. Rise up. Believe in yourself. Go for it. Take the first step in faith. Number four is prayer. Ooh, no surprise there either, huh? God knows what's in our hearts, but he wants us to pray for them. Just like he knows when we are grateful and we have a grateful heart, but he wants to hear it too. Who doesn't? He will listen. He will start to align your heart and mind with his, and he will help you pivot, overcome, and conquer all of those challenges you are facing with him. So if you're stuck, you're just starting to read the Bible, there are plenty of yearly Bible reading outlines to follow. We're doing one in She Rugged right now. However, you will typically find a lot of encouragement in Matthew. But like I said, if you head back to Judges and at least pick up on the Deborah stuff, you will, I think, be super inspired and encouraged to pursue 
anything, really. She's like the Rocky of the Bible. I mean, it's like up against the impossible. And who doesn't like Rocky? All right. So those four steps repeated once again in streamlined form. We have our gratitude is number one. Number two, honesty. And remember to do that mood journal and kind of track maybe what you're feeling and maybe point out to where you're idolizing over God. Number three is setting boundaries. And remember, not just with people, but also with our day's time energy management. Number four is prayer. And obviously with prayer comes scripture and reading and putting ourselves in his word so we can actually use his word as the armor of God. I do encourage that uh, first thing in the morning, at least just like one page, one page of the Bible or maybe some awesome scriptures or there's tons of apps that you can have on your phone to armor yourself against the enemy who is trying to tear you down, who is trying to keep you from rising up. Okay, so those four steps are your action items. Try to do that mood journal so you can kind of get an idea of where your heart and mind are going and your money and where your money goes. You know what they say, there's your heart also. So make sure that you're paying attention to that, but allow your faith to grow. Allow your mind to grow. Don't be stuck in that comfort zone. Yes, it's comfy. We've already talked about that. Next time, we're going to talk about how comparison kills your faith. We all do this, and comparison is not a good thing. How envying another's opportunity will prevent you from faithfully stewarding yours. Because just like in the previous podcast, we recognize that although we may not think it's fair, we were all given different talents, different amounts of talents, different different gifts to use, and some of us tend to bury them. Or we compare ourselves to others who might be in that same position. But God has created you and given you gifts and talents to reach certain people, not just the same people that so-and-so is reaching, but different people. He gave you those gifts and talents. You can't bear them. You must use them. You must rise up so you don't only hurt yourself, but you're hurting the other people that God wants you and intends for you to serve when you do not use them. Think about what you do today. What do you do for a career? Are you a nurse? Are you a coach? Are you a doctor? What do you do? And how would that impact the rest of your family, your friends, your community, if you didn't do that, if you didn't pursue that, if you didn't try or attempt to do that? Maybe some of you are considering those things and you're stuck, and you are buried, and you buried your talent in the sand. Take that first step. At least pray about it. And come back next time so we can talk about how comparison kills your faith. Brain clutter can add up fast. Find your fight with our She Rugged Empowerment Program. Sign up for our newsletter and get free tips for eating healthy when traveling. Go to our website, sherugged.com, and share the love. Subscribe, share, and leave a review for our monthly giveaways. Thanks for listening. Let your light shine.